What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode 109 of Smack Talk from SmartOutMoment.com. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and with me on the mic this evening, we have Michael Burhan. 109, and I'm feeling fine. And Stephen Wago. Um, hey, guys. <laughs> no rhyme? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm too tired. <laughs> Our main event special feature for tonight's episode is going to be a Superstar Scores edition for Triple H, but we're Yay. also going to run down the hot tags, the ask him, the little rest hold in between there, so on and so forth. And what comes first out of all that? Naturally, it's the ask him. And before we get into this week's question, Burhan, tell us who got last week's right. No, I won't do it. Too bad, you have to. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to get out Big Show's gun and make you do it. <laughs> uh, or you're going to make me stare at Biggie's crotch. Or I'll, um, get, or I'll get Undertaker's free dogs out. <laughs> <laughs> no one. No one got it right because you all are stupid. I'm sorry to say this, but come on, people. Goldust versus Shamrock. Seriously. To be fair, I totally got it wrong. <laughs> Steve Austin and The Rock. The Rock went on to win the Deadly Game Tournament and the WWE Championship. Austin lost to Mankind. Freaking morons. You need to add the Dr. Cox wrong, 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 wrong audio. <laughs> okay, let's, let's go through them, shall we? Uh, it was for the WWE Championship, Goldust and Shamrock, I believe. Wrong. JJ Moore, I'm totally guessing this, but Ken Shamrock and The Rock were competing for the vacant WWF Championship at a Deadly Game Tournament. Half right. Awesome Piano Man, one two one. Wago Face also said not to cheat, so I didn't. So I just guessed. <laughs> Wago Face. Deadly game. It was a deadly game. That's going to be a new thing. It was a deadly game tournament for the WF Championship. We had to be Goldust and Ken Shamrock going against each other first round. Wrong. Callan Gorman. Hello, Callum. The tournament was for the vacant WF title, and the two people were Goldust and Ken Shamrock. Wrong. Smart out moment via Google Plus. Wrong. Google. <laughs> Wrong. Everything wait, is wait, wrong wait. about they, Google+. They said Wagoface said not to cheat. Are they still paranoid over me saying I'm going to change Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen one day, though. One time when you don't announce it. <laughs> yeah. And a very easy question, too. It'll be like, who won the title at WrestleMania 12? <laughs> and it'll say, like, Biggie Langston. Yeah, <laughs> 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 fuck. Right. So let's do the, the Ask Him in two parts, of course, ladies and gentlemen. The Ask Him works like this. I ask the hosts, uh, which is Mr. Mango and Mr. Lion's Mane Waddling. Mr. Uh, Face. And who are going to basically answer a question on anything wrestling related that I would like to talk about. So today, let's hit it with the first. The answer is the Shockmaster. Questions. Yeah, it always is. And uh, the it first one I'm going to basically use to stump these guys will be a Ring of Honor question. I'm fucking getting this wrong. It was Samoa Joe. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the first, if I said got fat, then yes, it is Samoa Joe. <laughs> um, who competed on NXT, uh, who was a tag team from Ring of Honor, and both former Ring of Honor world champions? Eddie Edwards, Davey Richards. Name the tag team. Um, the American Wolves, but they're called the American Pitbulls in NXT. There you go. Correct, Stephen. Now, let's throw this on to you guys. Eddie Edwards. Oh, sorry, not Eddie Edwards. Davey Richards. Oh, Burhan got famous. it wrong. Give him the exactly. squirt of Burhan. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Davey Richards was also famous with another dispute that he had with Ring of Honor 
quite recently. What was it? And if you guys don't get it right, I am going to come to your houses and spank you. And you're not allowed to go on scoop, 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 scoops. It's a funny exactly. answer. <laughs> we added in extra scoops. Way <laughs> <Wait laughs> <Yeah>. nice. <laughs> All right, guys, tell us what you think the answer is for that question. And, of course, next week we're going to run down who got it right and who got it wrong. We're going to move along here with part two, the weekly hot tags. Welcome back, everybody. We're on part two of episode 109, and it's time to talk about the weekly hot tag topics of the week. Yes, I said week twice there. Don't hate me for it. I already hate myself enough. Week, week, week. <laughs> At least I didn't say reek like I've done in the past for some reason. I've added an R to it. Uh, it reeks of awesomeness. <laughs> maybe that's that's what it should it's, be, a new segment. Does it week of awesomeness? <laughs> maybe if we have the Miz on. Uh, we have a couple topics to talk about, and some of them, of course, are more serious than some other ones. Uh, depends on your outlook for it. For one reason, WWE should have a really serious look at what they're doing for Raw because they scored the worst viewers that they've had since Christmas Eve 2012. Ouch. And apparently they've lost uh, more viewers with each hour for this week. So people tuned in, not not a lot of people tuned in, and then progressively just went, you know what, fuck it, and changed the channel more and more throughout the night. Mm. Is that is that the WWE or is that TNA? No, that's WWE. We have one TNA thing to talk about because fuck TNA. My God, <laughs> that's not even TNA. What the hell's going on with you, WWE? You know what's going on? Too many hours. They're tuning in by the hour, tuning out by the hour. It's because it's too fucking long to watch. I don't want to do anything for two hours. Three hours? Fuck that shit. Or is it the fact that the WWE have no idea what they're doing in terms of booking? Come on, look, you've got like. Vince and Stephanie playing heel face, heel face, heel face. Then you've got them hot potatoing Kane. No one knows what the fuck he's doing. Come on, this is just getting ridiculous now. You know what, though? We've had bad booking before. Yeah, and, but this and is the, the worst. Have, it's not the worst. 2007 was a lot worse than 2013. By a, by a landslide. And you know what doesn't help? The main fucking the show surrounded around Randy Orton and John Cena right now. It's repetitive because we've seen it before. And it's lasting three hours. And you know what doesn't help either? When the big announcement to come later on tonight, like, you know, you have to stay tuned because we're going to do this later on, is a contract signing. Ugh. Is anybody really going to be like, I got to see that? It's you the know same what? thing every single time. They I... argue back and forth. Somebody sign The heel signs the paper. The uh, I mean, not the heel. The, the baby face signs the paper. The heel reluctantly signs the paper. And then they go, you know what? By the way, I'm going to kick your ass. Uh, no, yeah, all right. Well, what do you want to do with the table this time? You want to flip it to the left, the left, the, the right? What do you want to do? <laughs> no, I think we're going to give you an AA through it. All right, let's just go ahead and do that. Yeah, pretty fucking much. And don't get me wrong, I actually enjoy those type of segments, but we've probably already seen a Randy Orton versus John Cena one. I've just seen too much of them where I kind of phase out when they come on. But I think a lot to do with the issue is it's three hours. And when you've got the same shit we've already seen on a three-hour show, do you really want to stay tuned in? Right. And you know what? I think when they go over to the WWE Network side of things, they can't keep it three hours. I don't know if we're all going to go over to the free network. I think they're going to stay on USA because it's a bigger network. That true. If they do bring it over, though, they need to make that a two-hour show. And they need to make SmackDown seem like you need to watch it because i haven't watched smackdown since they've become the three-hour show and you they know need what the i apparently haven't missed shit they don't need the brand they, they don't need it back even uh, if they have it on tv if it's just the world title the united states championship on smackdown i would be happy that smackdown for me was always the best 
of the two shows because it had wrestling, it had storylines, it had matches that mattered. Now it's all the same old drivel. I can't stand it. it you had got Rito, you got Cena standing there with his never give up bullshit. Randy Orton pretending to be Randy Orton and forgetting his lines and everybody else. It's just the the great talent that they have. They're not utilizing them pop properly and the fucking talent that everybody hates they keep thrusting them in front of the fucking main event well here's hoping that they don't take this and go you know what we need for next week we need some kind of a stupid gimmick like uh let's bring snooki on or like when they do that i hope that they don't do that i hope next week they just go look we need to have something very interesting happen with the slammy awards and people should just watch the slammy awards as opposed to, well, you know, now we're going to have uh, a special guest host for the Slammy Awards, and it's, um... Just, who the fuck's popular right now? Me. Daniel Bryan? Nah, somebody from that completely wouldn't be a part of wrestling. I don't know, like Jennifer Lawrence or something like that. How about Michael Strahan? Yeah, just bring Michael Strahan back. Let's have him do a hip toss for 20 minutes of a three-hour episode. Yeah, let's, ha- let's have him hip toss a Slammy. <laughs> Maybe I'd be interested in watching that, though, at the very least. <laughs> uh, let's see another topic that we have to talk about this week uh, Raw related Bad News Barrett makes his debut on Raw Woo! we talked about this on the Raw post show of course and uh, Payton actually gave Bad News Barrett his high point of the week I'm kind of uh, 50-50 on this I think Bad News Barrett at least it's interesting but at the very least uh, kind of what I mentioned on the Raw post show they gotta get rid of it if they want to take him seriously you know what? As I said, it gets him on television, which he hasn't been for a very long time. And something I mentioned in a private chat before we went on started recording this is, it's something original. It's not being done before. So fuck it. Throw it out there. Worst thing that happens, it doesn't stick. You take it off the table and you repackage him again. It's not going to damage him. Um, he's not in the. Um, it's not going to hurt his credibility. And if fans find it funny and they get into him. There's a potential face turn there, so I'm all for it, man. I did like your idea about doing the face turn like that and having him, you know, give bad news to the heels that he's feuding with and everything. Mm-hmm. I think that there's some potential there to have that kind of um, the like the yes thing going on. Not you know as big, but that idea of something silly enough but not stupid that the fans can get behind. It's not hornswoggle silly. It's just like that catchy silly. And you know what? He does come off likable to me. Um, I know he plays the heel, but personality-wise, I like Barrett. So I'd be up for him at least trying a face turn. At the end of the day, if something flops, you just go around and fix it another way by turning them. That's what they did with The Miz, sort of. What do you think about Bad News Barrett, Burhan? <laughs> Too many the thing views is, there. anything that, that comes out and gets Barrett out there, I'm all for. Um, he's one of those guys which is truly, truly an underrated talent. You know, it, the the fact that Magnus has gotten a world championship, even though it's considered a world championship from a lesser company, before Barrett has, makes me want to vomit. Um, in terms of the bad news character, I like it. If he turns him face, great. But I really feel that the WWE constantly keeps dropping the ball with Barrett's pushes. So unless the machine gets 100% behind him, I'm not really going to have much faith in this push. All right, we got one other thing to talk about when it comes to uh, the whole idea of gimmicks and all that. 
Unico seems like he is going to be taking the role of Sin Cara from now on instead of Ignacio something or other. I can't remember his real name. The the botchy guy. Right. Mystico. Just call him Mystico. Yeah, the, the original Mystico who they brought on to be Sin Cara, not the fake Sin Cara, the Sin Cara well, Negro. Wait, wait, wait. You kind of messed up there because technically Unico was the original Mystico. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of... Um, just cause i guess for him to be playing the yeah it's calmer and i think that this actually is a step forward if after all this time the guy the ignacio uh performer was just continually botching supposedly still does not really know english that well i mean i know learning english is not the easiest thing in the world but when you have access to things like rosetta stone and you know you are in a company that predominantly speaks english you should learn that. It's got to be significantly harder to call a match when you can only call it in Spanish. So uh, if this is what they're going to do, they're going to release him, which a lot of the reports on you know triplescoops.com keep saying, and just go with Unico, I think it's actually the best thing that they can possibly do. Unico himself is not going to be a big player. They've dropped the ball with the Unico character. So just make him Sin Cara keep the gimmick because the gimmick apparently sells merchandise and hell pull a more successful version of how TNA had suicide or manic how he is now, which is stupid. Yeah, just, 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 don't make, just don't make the penis shirt for Sin Cara again. Right. Sells, I know he sells merchandise, but not that merchandise. <laughs> I bought a penis shirt. Well, that's to be expected from you. Right. That would not surprise me at all. <laughs> If they made the special Sin Cara anal penis shirt, you'd be like the first person and you'd pre-order like 10 of them. <laughs> I would, actually, yeah. <laughs> so are you guys excited for Unico Sin Cara, Sin Cara Negro, or do you want Sin Cara Azul to stick with it anyway? What do you think? Uh, Sin Cara Negro, Sin Cara Azul needs to go and be buried in a ditch with the other five old WWE characters. Yeah, but Unico, do you like him playing it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> very informative what do you think Lego? Um, as far as it I think it's a step forward uh, Mystico um, well I'm just going to say I'm just going to separate it by saying Hunico and Mystico so Mystico who was playing the character of Sin Cara was given every opportunity in the world and he flopped he flopped doing the entrance so they had to change his entrance up he was still not getting over so they put him with Rey Mysterio um, who is a guy that's transcended from the Lucha style to a more American audience-friendly style. Uh, he should have. He was around him for, what, a good year, maybe more? He should have um, learned some things along the way. He's been given opportunity after opportunity, and he's pissed them away. So it's about time that you have a guy um, like Hunico, who does deliver in the ring, who is very capable, is a safe worker, and he's proved he can go. Give him the opportunity, yeah, and um, see how he does with it. I know there's rumors on Scoop Scoop Scoops that they might be replacing Kuniko under the mask, which would be stupid with him coming out with a big-ass tattoo on his arm, but um, I'm all for it. I worry about Mystico because the chances are once he leaves the WWE, he can't use the Mystico moniker again because CML, CAMLL owned that, and they didn't leave on good terms. So Mystico yeah, they, might... they debuted a new guy in it anyway. Oh, so Mystico might be fucked. Um... So it's a shame for him, but congratulations to uh, congratulations to Hunico for getting the opportunity. Um, I think we need more mask wrestlers. I'm also in favor of bringing in the new Rey Mysterio Jr. that they have. 
um, for Ray to mentor as well. So hope I'd like to see a feud between those two eventually. There's a new Ray Mysterio Jr. Uh, yes, Ray's uh, much like Ray Senior passed the moniker over to our current Ray Mysterio. Ray has done the same to someone else. I know there's El Hijo something Mysterio, but there's now another Ray Mysterio as well. So the Rey Mysterio family continues to grow, and uh, Rey has given this one individual his blessing. So maybe we'll see him in the WWE eventually. Maybe. Let's see here. What else we have? Uh, Fandango.com is opposing WWE's trademark registration of the Fandango name. And I'm really surprised that this has taken this long to, to get to that, because Fandango's been there for you know an entire year. So why didn't this come up? when they switch from Fandango to Fandango. And Maybe. why the hell did WWE ever think that they could get away with the Fandango thing in the first place? Because, fuck, it's not hard to just check the internet for, you know, is there anything called Fandango? Oh, fuck, it's this insanely popular movie ticket service. Okay, I guess we'll go with something else. Maybe Fandango can do his Fandango.com. <laughs> that's that's the... The settlement that they're going to go with. Like when WWF, they were like, you know what, you can still uh, be WW something, but you can't use the logo. You have to blur it out. Like maybe it'll be like, okay, well, you can use the Fandango name as soon as you add .com at the end of it. <laughs> so every time it comes out, he just promotes Fandango.com. Right. <laughs> ah, shit. Who knows? We might get a funny relationship out of it, but fucking stupid uh, on WWE's part. I don't know if they actually own the register, because if they're blocking WWE, it sounds like they don't own it, own it yet. Meaning maybe it's going to be a case where... Mer- Burhan's playing a drum set, I think. Um, <laughs> it might be a situation where... Uh... Sorry. Yes. <laughs> it's a situation where uh, they can just uh, basically agree that neither owns the fucking right and Fandango can continue to use it. We were joking before we started recording that uh, if they need to change his name, the best way that they can go about it is for him to just be like, look, fuck it. None of you have pronounced my name right, so I'm changing it. <laughs> yeah, it might as well. I mean, it's, I mean, it'd be fucking stupid if they had to do that, but why not? It would be really funny, though, if he changed it back to Johnny Curtis and it was like, the name is Johnny Curtis. <laughs> that just wouldn't have the same ring to it. People would just be like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> You know what? They could do a gimmick, though, where they fucking acknowledge the lawsuit where he's lost the Fandango name and he's not recognized anymore and he's trying to get out of this rut. <laughs> I'd say fucking go with it. What would they refer to him as when he was uh, wrestling the matches? The artist formerly known as Fandango. <laughs> They just put like question marks up, <laughs> and, and yeah. they use that uh, that graphic that they use for like the placement holder. What's the mystery <laughs> team member gonna be? <laughs> that guy. Vote for Fandango's new name on the WWE app. <laughs> By the end of the night, we'll tell you who it is. What do you uh, think about Fandango, Burhan? Um, yeah, I truthfully don't care. In my opinion, he's not really done much. In terms of losing the name, well, he could do always change his name to Fandago.com and see if he wins that way. Um, he changes it to Movie Phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apart from that, 
apart from that, I don't really give a crap. If uh, they have a dispute, WWE have enough money to buy the site off of the idiot who's registered it, that's fine. It's probably some money-making ploy from some twat who knew that because it became successful, they wanted to overcharge for the site. So they could buy it. They could end it that way. Uh, if they don't want to do that, then they're going to be in for a long lawsuit, which is going to probably cost them a heck of a lot more money. It reminds me of when I bought WWE-network.com. <laughs> that didn't work out as well as I was expecting it to. Have they still not bought it? No, I eventually gave it up and WWE bought it. They snatched it up immediately afterward. Jerks. Oh, could have paid me for it. Oh, you should have put just a big fucking cock up there when people went on the website. They would have brought it off you just to get rid of it. It used to link to Smarkout Moment. <laughs> <laughs> but then I thought, you know what, that's actually might be a little bit illegal, so I got rid of it. <laughs> Uh, all right, next hot tag we have WWE.com, speaking of websites, names The Shield as the Rookies of the Year. Rookies? Pretty sure that they debuted last year. And, you know, they've pretty much fucking won championships and are considered the next big stars in the company. Yeah, that was a little bit weird, and that's the only thing that they've announced for any kind of, like, of-the-year situation stuff, right around the Slammy Awards, and you would think that if they were going to be doing other awards just for WWE.com, like how they used to do the uh, the best um, Charlie Haas impersonation and a bunch of, like, stupid nonsense like that, that they kind of should have done some more of them by now. But that was very awkward to just come across that. Just, hey, anyway, these are the rookies of the year, and that's it. We don't even know what our categories for Slammy Awards are yet, but here you go. <laughs> Rookies of the Year make sense for you, Burhan? No. <laughs> they've been. How long have they been there for? Debuted. Uh, they made their debut at Survivor Series last year, I think, right? Exactly. So that's so kind of that's that throws the whole rookie thing out of the window. WWE. Uh, you know what? They should name Vince McMahon Rookie of the Year because obviously he's new. Well, I'm surprised they wouldn't give it to Triple H. I think the best category for that was Big E Langston. Yeah. He, broke, he broke away from Dolph Ziggler as the Intercontinental Champion, and he's fucking over. Yeah, and he debuted at the very tail end of last year, like the last episode before uh, the end of the year, I think. So yeah, I think he makes a... There's a good case for Big E being the Rookie of the Year, in my opinion. I don't know if you'd give it to anyone else. Um, I'm not too sure. I mean, at the end of the year awards that we're going to do for Smart Out Moment, we do have a Newcomer of the Year award, which used to be Rookie of the Year, but I just figured fucking I'd change it up a little bit. And uh, right now, I think Biggie Langston's possibly going to win my vote, at the very least. Tell us who's going to win your vote. It's MarkOutMoment.com. Cheap plug away. <laughs> Hot tag and something else here. CM Punk shits himself in the ring. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> he uh, tweeted, just shit my britches on SmackDown. Please retweet. <laughs> Who said that? CM, CM Punk. Punk. That's the cult of personality, isn't it? We're recording, this, we're recording this on Wednesday night instead of the usual right after SmackDown on Friday night. And uh, I'm very curious to see on SmackDown if there's any kind of indication to this. But damn it, why couldn't it have been Alberto Del Rio when he's wearing those white trunks that we mention all the time? Yeah, I bet he wouldn't be doing that fucking annoying smile that he does. I would love to see Del Rio shit himself doing that move where he jumps through the ropes. <laughs> that would be possibly the funniest gif ever. 
Yeah, man. Do you know what? If he shit himself and tried to put me in the cross arm break, I'd be like, yeah, I'd put my fucking arms between your legs. Get the fuck away from me. And <laughs> tap out you immediately. Yeah. Now <laughs> I'm going to end up trying to watch SmackDown just to see if he shat himself. That's and the whole he, reason yeah, I'm so going to watch it. The ratings are going to like spike just to see if we can find CM Punk's poo face. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be starting to go, There's so many puns that we can make with this. Huge... They could call him CM Bunch. <laughs> what? As in he's got a bunch of shit in his pants. Oh fucking poor punk! Uh, no, I, I know a few wrestlers that have shit themselves. I know. Uh, I think it was Danny Basham that's done it. Cena's done it, and yeah, he's not alone. So I'm glad he's fucking joking about it. I hope that it wasn't at least a shitty match. <laughs> he might have turned think- the match. He might have turned the match shit. Do you think he reeked of awesomeness? <laughs> he reeked of summit. Oh my god. Well, didn't Scoop Scoop Scoops like have the live spoilers? I wonder if they went. And CM Punk took a snapmare and shit himself. <laughs> Imagine Jim Ross giving the commentary for it. He shits himself. He shits himself. <laughs> By oh god, it god. smells. That's nuts all over the ring. That <laughs> shit has got a family, god damn it. <laughs> oh, not again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, apparently this wouldn't be the first. That wouldn't be the first match that JR seen when someone shit himself. Because um, if you listen to his uh, talk on Steve Austin's podcast, he talks about someone shitting themselves and having to hold his nose throughout of it. Yeah, apparently there was a match with um, Regal and Lance Storm when someone shat themselves, and the guys kept tagging in and out just to get away from the shit smell. It was actually <laughs> just like the guy who does the ring bell. <laughs> He's just sitting there. <laughs> But apparently, because um, the, the the way I found out about the Basham shitting himself was back when I used to read the WWE magazine, and he goes, yeah, my opponent kept dropping me on my ass deliberately because he knew I shit myself. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Fuck it, if you wouldn't you do that, though? That's exactly what I would have thought. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, you know what? I'm going to be stuck wrestling this guy that smells of shit. I'm going to have some fun with it. Right. <laughs> Uh, you know what I would do, though, if I was the opposite, I was the one who shit myself, I'd be like, alright, I'm gonna call for a bonsai drop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do that rikishi spot in the corner. I'd so move if I was taking it. <laughs> Speaking of shit, that's a good transition to our last hot tag. Magnus wins the W... Uh, not the WWE, the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm talk about TNA. <laughs> So that kind of um, goes with what I was expecting after they did what they did at Bound for Glory. It seemed like Magnus was going to be the next uh, heel that they were going to go with for the top of the company. And why not? I mean, what the hell? They're super into him, and they think that he's going to work out really well. So give him the shot. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's, it's just not going to work, because he's shit. Between Spud and Magnus, I think fucking uh, Dixie gets moist for English wrestlers. I think Dixie uh, is doing this as a favor to Mickey James. Even though Mickey left. Yep. Well, didn't they split up too? Yep, they did. Maybe At she's just point. trying to get Magnus cock. <laughs> Maybe Dixie might be getting a bit of Dixie Land experience with Magnus. Yeah, Magnus she's does gonna, have. She's gonna look. take Magnus to Dixie Land. <laughs> Magnus does have a look that I think is marketable. Mm-hmm. And I think that if he were out in the open, WWE would possibly be considered it, uh, an interesting, ah, considered it being interested in him. But at the same time, I don't know if I would really trust him to be a top guy in the company. 
But then again, I mean, it is TNA. That's the whole thing. Like, if it's TNA and you have got nothing to lose, why not try for somebody like Magnus? It's not going to get them the ratings that they want. It's not going to make them, you know, sell a shit ton of pay-per-views. Speaking of shits. But uh, why not go for it? What's the worst that could happen, you know? Instead of just giving it to Jeff Hardy again. And having talking to having been talking to Spud in the past, uh, back when uh, Nick Adlis transferred to Magnus into the TNA, uh, he Spud was saying where back when he wrestled him the first time, he was absolutely shit. But since he's worked in TNA, he's fantastic now. So um, I think it's a um, it obviously shows the guy's willing to improve. He's got an ability to improve. So I think right now he's got more than just the basics down. He's like got all the groundworks for what could potentially be a really uh, big superstar if marketed the right way. I think WWE should pick him up as soon as they get the chance. Um, I'm also glad that they're integrating Spud and a few um, and some more talent into this storyline other than even Carter the Third. So um, as much as I hate TNA, I'm glad they're bringing in some of these guys and doing something with them. Last thoughts on this, Burhan? Magnus is shit, and I think TNA just really doesn't realize it. He's the guy that gets thrown down at everybody's throats, and he has the TNA championship. Him versus AJ Styles is going to be pants. I really believe that they should have actually kept the title on Bully Ray if they were going to do this. Ridiculous. Did you say it's going to be pants? Pants, yes. yeah. It's, it's, a British... yes, it's a British saying for pretty <laughs> yeah. much it's going to be shit. <laughs> it's going to be as much shit as what's in CM Punk's britches <laughs> yeah pretty much but, right, um, you know what I think AJ and Magnus could work well together unless they've already had a match they have was it shit yes okay never mind then <laughs> <laughs> alright that's going to knock us out for the hot tags we're going to take a little bit of a break here with the rest hold and we're going to come back in part 4 with Superstar Scores Triple H let's take a little breather with the rest hold portion of the program where we use the downtime to scramble around some quick segments and promotional material that's going on at the moment at Smarkout Moment. The first thing to take care of is the Bleacher Report card. For those interested in knowing what I've written this week for that website, I've written two articles about the upcoming TLC card and they kind of play off each other. One of them is about the people that should be given a bigger spotlight at the event in comparison to Survivor Series, while the other talks about the wrestlers that shouldn't even be given a match at all. Spoiler alert, Alberto Del Rio is one of them. You can find a link to those articles on the YouTube description, the Facebook and Twitter accounts, SmartOutMoment.com's homepage, and of course on Bleach Report itself. The YouTube comment of the week goes to Jamie O'Halloran for his image caption suggestion of I came in like a wrecking ball. When I was checking my comments and I saw this, I had forgotten what image it went to, and when I clicked onto it and saw that it was the image of Rey Mysterio on top of Jack Swagger, I don't know, for some reason it totally struck me funny. Uh, so whether you guys have some funny jokes to make, insightful commentary on the hot tags, or anything else for that matter, keep sending in those comments and tell everyone to smark your words. The final monthly mailbag of the year is coming up next week and I'm going to be recording that episode early most likely, probably Wednesday night, similar to this one, so you have just a few more days to send in your questions that you'd like for us to answer, and before we give our predictions for the TLC card, we'll make sure to answer whatever you send our way. 
Also, mark your calendars, because at the end of the year, we're going to be doing the 4th Annual Smark Out Moment Awards, where we break down the best and the worst that's gone on in WWE over the past 12 months. On top of the 30-plus categories that we have for the Technical Awards, the Writing Awards, the Performer Awards, there's also the Smark Out Moment Smack Talk Awards, where you can vote for your favorite Did You Know parody, your favorite outro, your favorite guest host of the year, your favorite segment that we've done, and even your favorite recurring joke. So go to SmarkOutMoment.com, cast your votes on the polls that are up there, and start making up your lists now, because there's only two weeks left. Remember the Sign Me Up initiative? If you bring a sign that says Smark Out Moment to any kind of wrestling event and send a picture or a video of it to me, I will feature it on the website and on the next episode of Smack Talk. Also, please support another one of my websites, fanboysanonymous.com, by liking the Facebook page, following the Twitter account, and of course subscribing to the YouTube channel that we're going to be relaunching since Google screwed us over and deleted the old one. So if you'd like to lend a hand, and believe me, every subscription counts in rebuilding back to the way that we used to be, please subscribe to youtube.com slash fanboysanon. That's F-A-N-B-O-Y-S-A-N-O-N. Last but certainly not least, if you're interested in joining the writing team for smarkoutmoment.com, I still have slots to fill in regards to the TV show recaps, and the editorial columns, so go ahead and send me an email, and I will fill you in on all the other information that you need to know. For now, though, break time is over with. Let's get back to work and give our superstar scores for Triple H in Part 4. Welcome back, everybody. It's part four of 109 of Smack Talk, and it's time to get into our main event, special feature, attraction, whatever you want to call it, of the week. And this edition is Superstar Scores, and we're going to be targeting Triple H. Now, if you don't know how Superstar Scores works, it's kind of one of those top rope list sort of things where we have a list of different things that we have to go down. But at the same time, it's more of a ranking scale, and it's not a power ranking or anything like that. It's rating a particular superstar on a bunch of different categories. Now there's 10 categories broken down into five umbrella categories, obviously two a piece, and each is worth 10 points. You can also give somebody a zero if they're really that awful. And essentially what it comes down to is you give them a 10 or a zero or anything in between that. And you add it all up the closest to a hundred that's who will eventually give, you know, the top superstar score ends up going to whatever. We've done a couple editions of these so far. We've done uh, Shawn Michaels, who right at the moment has the overall top score. And I believe that it was uh, something like 80 or 83 it might have been. Let me uh, bring that up while I'm talking right here. That top score ended up being 83. Yep, I was right about that. The... Mick Foley edition, a little uh, step down. Then we went to Bob Holly, which actually was the birth of the whole Bob Core situation. We went to RVD a little bit later, and this is going to be the Triple H one. Suggested by you guys, because you guys thought that it might be pretty interesting to hear what our thoughts are, because we usually run down Triple H and talk about how we don't like him. So if we're breaking him down and giving an honest opinion of the performer that Paul Levesque is, 
who would we uh how would we rank him according to the superstar score listing Ooh, look at you using real wrestlers names <laughs> well it does combine all of his different gimmicks and everything that he's done from every company that we're aware of so if he had a horrible gimmick in another company like a terrorizing type of thing that affects it but if he also had a great gimmick like you know the dx kind of stuff it boosts it up a little bit so I'm going to break this down and go person-to-person uh, person on the umbrella categories. And it, as I mentioned before, it has two categories inside of that. The first of which is the ring skills. And that's broken up into athleticism and psychology. For the athleticism, this is basically their signature move set, their finisher. Can they perform a wide variety of moves on a regular basis? Do they botch a lot? You know, somebody like Senkara would get a really uh, bad score on this. Somebody like Shawn Michaels obviously got a really high score. I gave him a five. Uh, he was never a high flyer or anything of the sort, but he's somebody who he knows his limitations and what he can do, he can do really well. He usually doesn't botch much unless he has some kind of an injury going on, but he also doesn't try to do moves that he knows he wouldn't be able to pull off. So he's right smack in the center there at five. Uh, Psychology-wise, that's the wrestler's ability to tell a story in the ring. Do they make you believe that it's real, or do they sell their injuries properly? Does the match get boring after a while, or can they go for an Iron Man match? And I gave him a little bit of a bump up at a seven, because Triple H used to be really good at this, but lately, he's gotten to the point where it's just all about how Triple H beats the hell out of everybody. And the sad part about that is Triple H probably thinks that he's a 10 on this. Because in his mind, nothing should actually hurt Triple H. So he probably thinks that he's working with the psychology of how it should go. But for somebody like me who thinks that everybody has a weakness, he shouldn't be as unstoppable. So now with the athleticism part... What did you give him, Burhan? Athleticism, I would actually have to give Triple H a solid five. Uh, reason being, I don't see him as the high flyer who's more of the brawler, ground and pound type of guy. He could go in a match, but also he was the guy that was kind of very slow and sluggish at times. If you look at his match recently with Brock Lesnar, kind of getting on a bit with age as well. Um so that's that's my solid goal for him. And what did you give him for psychology? Psychology, I actually gave him a solid seven, um, due to the fact that in terms of his prowess in the ring, he's actually a rather credible talent. He knows how to work a match. He has great chemistry with who he works with, and he also knows how to tell a great story. Wego, what are your what are your scores for athleticism and psychology for Triple H? First off, athleticism, I gave him a solid six. Um, and the reason for that is, if we're going back to some of Triple H's older match matches, because we're talking about his career as a whole, um, there's times he used to go to the top, he used to be able to move around a lot better than he does now. Um, I think prior to the quad tears and uh, basically general aging, he was a lot better than what people give him credit for. Um, he, as you said, he knows his limitations and he works with that. So I give him a six when it comes to athleticism, uh, on psychology, I think he has this down to a T. Um, he just knows how to tell a story in the ring. He doesn't matter if it's with a small guy. It doesn't matter with a big guy. Um, if it's a small, if it's a big guy, he'll uh, work the legs, break out the figure four, which he did, uh, from 
as a tribute to Ric Flair and uh, break out the Indian Deathlock. Um, if it's a smaller guy, he'll work the beat down and do it well. And I've also, so generally, I think Triple H has got psychology down to a T, and I give that an 8. That's going to switch up to a different category, the mic skills. And now that we have this established of, you know, the, the differences between how we go about this, we're going to just do it um, one by one instead of breaking into two parts. Charisma. If they get a mic, can they cut a promo? Do they stutter a lot? Are they repetitive? Do they keep things fresh? So on and so forth. My score, an 8. If you were to ask me about the top 10 people on the mic of all time, there's no way Triple H is going to be on that list. But at the same time, if you ask me for top 20, then he might be. Triple H has been very solid on the mic for pretty much his entire career. And the most entertaining, I would say, would be his time during DX. But at the same time, even when he's just the game Triple H, where you're the King of Kings or whatever he is, we're not even in a program for somebody necessarily, and he's just being the boss. He pulls it off. He's not the most entertaining, but he does a damn good job. Burhan, charisma. Charisma, I would actually rate him at eight. Uh, reason being, he's very talented on the mic. The guy knows how to um, like crack a joke. Once every while, he was very entertaining with DX, very entertaining in every feud he's been in. I actually was more partial to him as a face rather than a heel, uh, but that was me. So I'd rate him with an eight. Very, very talented and always knew how to sell himself. Way go. Uh, charisma. Um, yep. I gave him a seven. I think it's fair to say that he's comfortable on the microphone and... He, whatever role he's in, he's generally very entertaining, except for his duration in Evolution. As much as I love that period, he had some really good mic work and some really fucking abysmal mic work during that time. Um, I think his strong suit was during the D-Generation X run, but I can overlook his work um, during his heel turn um, in Evolution. And there was some points during 2007, which I found him a real fucking drag, so... Um, so yeah, a seven for that. That takes us to the other one of the mic skills, the character. Basically, are they interesting with their gimmicks? Can they pull off being a heel and a face, or are they only limited to one and they can't really be justifiable as another thing? And I give him a six on that. It's a little bit of a downer because you would think, uh, with the game, the game and the King of Kings and Cerebral Assassin and all that, that he would have a lot of gimmicks to choose from, but at the same time, it's mostly DX, in my mind. The game and King of Kings and all that, they're all kind of the same. And they're a little bit boring. I mean, they're not, uh, you know, the most boring gimmicks out there. They're, they're not the most silly, stupid kind of gimmicks. They're not Hornswoggle or anything. But really, are they anything that different from just a muscular guy who's better than you? Whether it's Cerebral Assassin, Game, King of Kings, COO, they're all kind of the same thing. And the Blue Blood gimmick that he had, that was interesting back in the day. The DX thing is good. Other than that, solid five. So the, the DX bump gives him a six, but you know anybody can play the other part as long as they've got the muscle for it. Uh, Character-wise, what do you give him, Burhan? Character-wise, I don't know. For me, it's kind of weird. It's like he's... No matter what Triple H has done, he always plays the same character. He's, he's 
whether he's quirky or he's very aggressive, he's always very monotone with, I am the gamer. I probably would have to go with a five. Hmm. Where you Well, I'm probably going to give... Did you need to say something else, Burhan? No, no, it's fine. Go for it. Um, as far as the character, I'm going to be a bit nicer and actually give him a nature in all of this. Um, whilst he's had some of his low moments, I generally think the Blue Blood gimmick drew a lot of fucking heat. Um, it might have been cheesy, it might have been one of those over-the-top gimmicks, but shit, it worked. Especially for its time. Um, eventually he transferred into being a very entertaining degenerate, and I think that's probably the peak of his character. It was one of the most outlandish, especially during his DX army run, uh, with uh, X-Pac, uh, New Age Outlaws, China, etc., and then we had this next evolution of his character, um, no pun intended, with the game. And he became, whilst for the most part he was a wrestler, he delivered this very intense side of him where he would do absolutely anything, step on over anyone, and not stop on, not stop at anything to get what he wanted. He made you invest in him being a nasty son of a bitch, and people hated him. And... Whilst his gimmick isn't extraordinary as far as, like, description-wise, he was very good at it. He made you believe in it. And for that, I give him an 8. Solid points. Appearance is the next overall category that we have, and those include physique and entrance. Physique, of course, we're going to knock out first, and that's uh, pretty self-explanatory. I mean, are they in good shape, or are they somebody like Matt Hardy who gained a lot of weight? Uh, does the shape that they're in work with their character as well? Because for somebody who is supposed to be a big, muscular, tough guy, they need to be big and muscular. If somebody is a high flyer, it would seem kind of awkward if they were built like Vladimir Kozlov. So I give him a nine on that. I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. Triple H is huge, and he looks like he could kick anyone's ass. And that he doesn't have that high-flying thing. He isn't somebody who's supposed to be a luchador or anything like that. So... You put somebody like Triple H out there, you say he's a wrestler that beats people up for a living, I buy it. Brian? Hmm. Trying to think here. Uh, what was the physique. topic for him? Physique. Well, you have to give him a 10 at that. Because he's... Look at him. <laughs> the guy is well built. The guy is amazing looking and he always strives for perfection i've never seen triple h out of shape i've never seen triple h looking like uh, a pig i've never even seen him like extremely slim the guy has always looked uh, amazing in terms of his body where go as far as physique goes when you picture a professional wrestler it's generally a muscular guy with long hair wearing tights and that is exactly what triple h is he is a student of the craft he is Everything what a wrestler probably should be as far as physical appearance. Um, I give him a 9. The reason I don't give him a 10. Motherfucker, stop with a fake tan. Too much. <laughs> like a fucking umpa-lumper. Entrance is the other half of the appearance category, and that combines everything from pyro, music, the taunts and actions and stuff that they do. Uh, 8 on me. Uh the multiple themes that they work, that uh, that he has, they all work for him. They all fit the character very easily. It's very flexible. Now that he's doing the COO thing, you can go with the King of Kings music. When he wrestles, you can go with the game. 
the the DX stuff, of course, awesome entrances all the time with the um, the tank that they bring into the ring and everything like that. Not into the ring in the arena. <laughs> That'd be great if they brought it into the ring. It'd be awesome. Uh, bring a tank in the ring. Right. The first, the first ever match on a tank. You have the the DX tank versus the Stone Cold Zamboni thing. That'd be a good match. Tank wins. Um, the whole spitting the water thing. That's something where people like to do that, to do their like impersonations and imitate that. They recognize it. It's simple, but it works. And yeah, I think an eight's a, a very solid score. It's no Undertaker, which is my benchmark for number ten, but it is a damn good one. And he's got multiple ones to choose from as well. Entrance-wise, what's your score, Burham? I give him a 7. Uh, reason being, I don't mind his DX one. That's fine. But the water thing, every time he does that water, he's like spitting water in the air. You know, there's countries that go without water and Triple H just freaking using barrel fulls of it. <laughs> well, um, he does toss it out to the crowd. So he's, he's like, here, you go. You can have the rest yeah, of it. <laughs> yeah, here you go, poor children. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he it, throws it off about the lid half the time. Right. Do you know what I mean? He could end up like injuring that child who's like thirsty. And, when, um, hang on, hang on. If I was hit with a bottle by Triple H, I'd mark the fuck out. Well, back when Ryback was doing the big hungry thing, they should have gone with it, and he should have had like a chicken leg where he bites it and throws the rest of it out to the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> they did a tour of Ethiopia, and they both just do that, and that's how they get their food. <laughs> <laughs> that's how so much, wrong how much hate would they get that'd be fucking awesome I would I would bump up the character uh, the rating for the character thing. stupid chicken leg <laughs> oh, alright continue Brian. what did you do for the entrance uh, for the the entrance as I said I, I'd give him a I, I believe it was a 6 and it's because of the fact that it's his entrances never had anything special. And when he came out as Conan that one time, oh my god. That was cool as shit. That wasn't cool as shit. He looked like an idiot. You he didn't like follow idiot. it up with the promo of the Arnold Schwarzenegger speech. <laughs> Who is your father? What does he do? <laughs> uh, with me, it just... I just don't see it. When he was with DX, I could, I could see the fun thing that they used to do together as a group when he was doing the Suck It Crosses crotch chop um but with the spitting water thing it it was like fair enough people do mock it and it's one of those things that you love to make fun of it but at the same level it just it it wouldn't be to me as as special or as entertaining as gold dust gimmick and the way that he goes into the ring with with the shattered dreams production sort of thing Um, i'd like to see him do the water thing where he does that (sighs) Kind of <laughs> spit he it out actually like that. did. Don't don't you remember he was a uh, Triple H dust when he competed against Owen Hart for the uh, European Championship. That. He did nope. that with the, the spitting. He, I believe, he did the spitting, yeah. Hmm. And then Owen beat him, <laughs> and uh, Triple H was like, "Well, you didn't beat me." And Sarge sort of went, "Yeah, he did beat you." And Owen got the championship. Um, but yeah, so. I don't, I don't see it as that great. I think there's more entertaining entrances and entrance themes. Um, I do. I always marked out when he did, came into the ring with the the Motorhead theme, and also with the Evolution theme. Not the Evolution is a mystery. The the other one. Hmm. What's your score, Wego? I am actually going to give him a ten for entrance. 
Hmm. Um, I think he's had some of the greatest entrances of all time. As far as the water spitting, I think it's one of the most iconic uh, mo- iconic uh, entrances in professional wrestling. Everyone knows it. Everyone marks for it. And every time you're in an arena watching, you're waiting for him to do it. It's only uh, like The Undertaker that just comes down in the black lights, makes the lights come on. Everyone marks out for it. That's Triple H's thing. And when we're talking about awesome entrances... D-Generation X has probably got the best entrance in professional wrestling. Um, especially since they added the glow sticks. And let's not forget the fucking SummerSlam entrance against uh, Legacy. Um, with the tank and the amount of ridiculous over-the-top pyros they've had. They've had some of the most unique entrances as well. But even on his own, he's had some really cool ones. Minus the dry ice burns that he had against Brock Lesnar. Um, so... I love Triple H's entrances. I'm, I'm a, maybe I'm biased because I'm a Triple H fan, unlike uh, the rest of Smart Out moments. But uh, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for Triple H's entrances, and not just to forget that the whole part of his entrance to the ring back in DX, he used to do the whole "Are you ready?" stuff. That was a part of it, and that was a lot of fun too. The amount of fan participation, and lastly, we're talking about theme music. My time was one of my favorite themes ever. Um, the game, the Motorhead's the game, that is one of the best themes and most memorable ones. And Evolution Line in the Sand is an awesome theme too. And obviously DX speaks for itself. So there's great themes, great entrances, definitely earns a 10 in my book. I love My Time, I forgot about that one. There's actually a really good uh, mashup on YouTube of My Time with Jericho's theme. That's random, but cool. Yeah, it works really well. Uh, we have two other big categories to go with, uh, obviously, four left uh, overall. Backstage and crowd reaction. Backstage is the first one that we're going to knock out here. Uh, professionalism and marketability are the two things inside of this. And professionalism is basically uh, whether or not they're a locker room leader or do they cause problems behind the scenes. Are they somebody who gets really into the politics and screws people over or do they put people over? And that's the lowest score out of everything that I gave him here. And I'm I'm being a little bit uh, generous, maybe, because you, you never really know 100% what things are true and what negative stuff that you've heard isn't true. But I give him a three. Uh, I'd give him a lower score if everything that we've heard tends to be true, but that stigma alone definitely pushes him down, and you still can't trust at all so i can't give him a zero but i can't give him anything more than a three because we've heard this so much that he lets his ego get in the way that he says for people like mick foley that nobody gives a shit uh that him and a couple other people are basically the reason why a lot of other people in the company don't get pushed because they don't think it's quote best for business and he seems like he shouldn't be that type of guy, but at the same time, when you see all the evidence in the ring of situations like with the, the John Morrison and Miz feud that they had with Triple H and uh, Shawn Michaels, who was it all the time that was taking the beating? Shawn Michaels. Who always came back? Triple H. When I got, did the... I got a comment on that. That's actually just general tag team psychology. The smaller man always takes the beat down, the bigger man always gets a hot tag. Even if Triple H isn't necessarily the big guy, though, it, it tends to work out that way. When he loses his matches and people go like, oh, he put over Jeff Hardy. He didn't really put over Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy got his ass kicked in that one match that they had that he won and wins with a roll-up. 
that's not really necessarily putting the guy over. It's different when he loses flat out to John Cena or Batista, but Triple H does have a lot of things working against him where it seems like it would be too much of a coincidence for him to have all these things being cast to him about him being belittling and self-serving and all that. And then you see a lot of evidence. So you can't believe it all, but a lot of the evidence stacks up three in my book. Burhan, professionalism. The moment he came out and said that he didn't mean a word he said when he apologized to every guy in the back, that annoyed me. Um, he has so much disrespect for, the, for his peers, but yet has even less respect for the guys who are the future of this business. In my opinion, he is someone who lacks respect, who doesn't have any respect. Most people can say it's a part of his gimmick, but th- there's a lot of rumors going around about who he is and the way that he acts. I doubt that Triple H has a professional bone in his body when it comes to other wrestlers. Um, and partly you can say it's because of the way that he came through in the industry because you had a lot of guys older than him putting him down and trying to keep him down. But we're not that's not that time anymore. Um, I will give him credit, though. He does look out for people that he cares for. Shawn Michaels, when he was going through his drug problem, Triple H was there for him. When Shawn Michaels had any issues, Triple H was there for him. When the former New Age Outlaws, uh, you know, Billy Gunn and Rodog were sitting there trashing the guy, Triple H stayed mum and they came back to the company with their tail between their legs and he allowed them to come back. So, yeah, I give him a, a two. Where you go? I'm only going to give him a five on this. Um, there's definitely got to be something going on because you don't hear all that come out of nowhere. Generally, when there's something said, there's normally a hint of truth to it. And that's a shame because he could do so much better. Um, as far as Triple H goes, I think that it's over-exaggerated on how bad he is or has been. Just because whenever you are... Because normally, all the shit we hear is coming from guys that have bended up out of the company. Mm-hmm. They're going to be bitter. They're going to be pissed off. And if they've had a running with Triple H, that running to them is probably going to feel a hundred times worse. But when you actually hear Triple H sit down from his side of the story, again, for example, who's that, who's that guy with the huge lips and looks like an ugly motherfucker from Canada? Uh, he always does the uh, shoot interviews with wrestlers. Um, off the record, that was the show. I uh, Josh something or other. But when you actually listen to his interviews and stuff, the guy doesn't seem the type of dude to... And maybe that's just the way he's coming off and that he's playing it right and maybe I'm just buying into it. I don't get the vibe that he's just going around going, oh, I'm going to fuck this guy to better myself over. He's normally generally got a reason for everything that he does. And whilst... I think it's over-exaggerated. There's got to be some truth to it. So he's going to get a five. The other half of this is marketability. Is a wrestler good with public relations? Do they get arrested all the time? (laughs) Are they good on talk shows? Do they do charities? You know, that kind of stuff. Basically, look at it as John Cena would be a 10 for that. And somebody who is a huge pain in the ass, they would be a zero. Triple H, got to give it to him, nine. 
he looks larger than life, so that works with the product. It makes it seem interesting. He's funny. He can conduct an interview well. He comes off like an intelligent businessman now. I mean, he's gotten to the point where he does have that kind of uh, that kind of thing going for him, where you can buy into him being one of the leaders of WWE for the future. But at the same time, he hasn't completely erased all of the elements of his character and just become, you know, a suit. So uh, if you look at that, you look at how people do buy his merchandise and they buy into him as a member of management and a veteran in the ring, I think you got to go with a nine. He doesn't seem to cause any problems and he seems to only do positive stuff. Burhan? Uh, I'd have to go with you on that one and do one better, a 10. He's never, ever been in the public eye for being, uh, for doing anything negative. It's always what other people have said. So uh, he's always conducted himself professionally. He's always, um, he's never like gone out of his way to make himself or the company look bad. So yeah, he gets a 10 from me. Where you go? Um, I give him a nine, much like you did, Mango. Um, and he he has the look, he has the ability, he has just a very good presence when you want to put him in the media's eye. There's nothing wrong that he really does. Um, it's kind of hard to give him a reason why he isn't marketable. And he, the truth is, he is marketable because you look at firm as far as merchandise selling goes. Shit, he into he outsold John Cena during his late, latest DX run, so. That goes to say something. So, very marketable. Um, I only think the reason I don't give him a 10 is in this new day and age, since we've had the whole Benoit killing himself and the steroid issues in the media, he, when you look at him, you pretty much go, that fucker's on steroids. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's the only stigma he might have as far as being a marketable guy in the media, right? Not that they focus on that too much anymore, but it's there. And we have two other categories left under the crowd reaction umbrella. Popularity and credibility. Popularity, of course, how loud are the cheers or the boos, depending on if they're a heel or face. Do they sell merchandise? Are the ratings up or down when they're on the screen? Do they have a lot of Twitter followers for the people like Zack Ryder and everything like that? And I'm going to give him a pretty solid eight here. He's never been the guy, but he's always been one of the guys. And it's pretty hard to deny that he is a really really popular staple for the past god knows how many years uh if he's a part of a card the card tends to sell a little better or at the very least it looks better if triple h wasn't on the card for wrestlemania 30 as much as i don't want him to be in the wwe title match or be you know the main event with something that i'm not gonna like i would be disappointed if he wasn't on the card and I wasn't that into the idea of seeing Brock Lesnar and Triple H when I went to WrestleMania this year, but at the same time, if they would have gone with Brock Lesnar against somebody like uh, Ezekiel, yeah, Sheamus or Ezekiel Jackson, that wouldn't have done as much as Triple H. So, eight, good score. He's not the guy, but he's one of the guys. Burhan. Um, I would consider him just above the mid-card, uh, not the upper mid-card. Um, he's not like the the company main event guy, the staple guy, in a sense, when it comes to someone like John Cena or Steve Austin or even at the time The Rock. But he's always considered the guy who's constantly been at the top, you know, 
the the one guy that you would rely on to have top matches um he would draw uh as well but i would never usually consider him the guy that you would build the company around uh so i give him a solid eight where you go i'm gonna give him an eight too and i had then before i was thinking about giving him a seven but um i think wwe has managed to make this generation uh, see triple h as a novelty that they don't get to see as often so that bumps him to a round um an eight now and putting him on the same popularity level as a guy like Shawn michaels as a guy like the undertaker he was never the guy as far as popularity goes but he's definitely up there um yeah that's pretty much what i gotta say i say he's probably at the pinnacle of his popularity later in his career now too yeah, probably. He, he's going to be one of those people that is a legend for sure. Yeah, and I think a lot to do with that is, since Austin and The Rock aren't there anymore, he's had more chances to shine, especially through his evolution run, and he's put himself as a guy who is going to go down as a legend who may have not gone down as big prior to those guys going away. The last one we have is credibility. Does the person, somebody that you can see as a legend, a main eventer, and all that other kind of stuff, or are they just a jobber? And you gotta give this guy 10. As much as I don't want to admit it, that whole idea of winning you know, 99% of the time, and when you lose that other 1%, it's kind of through some kind of bullshit, like uh, interference, or a quick roll-up, or... Or it's to the Rock or Austin, where it doesn't... <clears throat> Where it's acceptable. Right, yeah. You know, when you book yourself like that, you have to look like you're a fucking 10. So, uh, when somebody beats him, their credibility skyrockets, unless there's somebody who doesn't even need the defeat, like a Brock Lesnar. But I I wouldn't put him in that kind of position to be a 10, but WWE has. So, solid 10, and I can't find a reason not to give him a 10. Brahan? Uh, again, I'd pop him in the nine category. I, I please give me a reason not to give him a ten. <laughs> he's one of those guys where, yeah, he has consistently been booked well. He has been the the guy who's held every main event championship in the company, but it just seems a lot of things were done mostly for ego rather than for the betterment of the company. Um, yeah, he did pick up the step when Austin was injured. Him and The Rock were, were the guys headlining pay-per-views. And he was a part of like one of the most important storylines in the company. I just don't see... I, and probably it's my own bias in a sense because he's married to the boss's daughter. But I would really like to know how big of an asset or how big of a main event he would have been without Stephanie. If he, if he would have stayed consistently in that spot. Hmm. So when we tally all this up... I don't get mine. Oh, you didn't do it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what, what is your uh, score for credibility? Um, I'm also going to go with a 10, because when it comes down to it, he's been booked like the main event player. The fans have got behind him like a main event player. And Triple H, whenever you hear that name in the mix, you think he's a credible threat to the title. You think he's a credible threat to his opponent. And... Reality of it is, as a like as a human being, when you look at him, he looks legit. You think he, by the looks of him, he could kick your ass, and he probably could. Um, 
he's just one of those guys that when you look at his achievements and when you look back at his career, you're also you're always going to think he's a legend. Uh, and he does deserve a Hall of Fame spot. It's going to be an awkward induction being that he's tied into the family now, but he's definitely a credible main event player. So now that we <laughs> got your score... Now that you got my 10. All right. Uh, if we tally it up, what do you get for a hand? Uh, you didn't do the math, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> what do you get, Wego? Get, get, get back to me. Uh, I get an 80 for Triple H. 80 is a very good score. That's actually just a tad underneath uh, Shawn Michaels for the top score that we've had so far. And that's funny because Triple H and Shawn Michaels are my favorite two wrestlers. Really? Uh-huh. There you go. That explains that. Brahan, you do the math yet? No, no. Go yourself. <laughs> <laughs> one... Two, Carry the one. <laughs> Any remainders left? PEMDAS. Remember PEMDAS? <laughs> yeah. For mine, um, he's actually not too far. He's actually... I don't even know if I want to say this. He's actually a 69. <laughs> <laughs> Only Burhan could get 60 fucking times. Burhan originally gave him a 10, and then he was like, I need to give him a 9, because he was at, he was at 70 before. <laughs> <laughs> He comes out to a 73 for me, 10 points below Shawn Michaels. And I think that that's pretty pretty damn good. I mean, uh, I expected going into this to give him a little bit worse of a score because of the differences of opinion that I have uh, with Triple H and the way that he does things. But something that's been happening quite a bit with these superstar scores is even though it's somebody that we might not necessarily be the biggest fan of, we tend to give them pretty honest ratings. I mean... Uh, Bob Holly and RVD, we gave them right around the middle, and that's pretty much where they are. They're, you know, the mid-carters and stuff. Mick Foley, he had something like a 65 or so, because Foley's got his legend status, but again, he's not hitting it out of the ballpark in a lot of the other categories, like athleticism and uh, credibility and all that. So, I think this is a pretty solid system here, and I want to know what you guys would give Triple H for your 10 different scores? Does he end up adding up to a solid middle 50 out of 100? Does he go in the low scale, 49 and down? Or is he part of the thumbs up category and going 51 up? Uh, our averages, Wago says, it comes out to a 74, just one point above mine. And uh, I'm not going to factor in the averages or everybody else, but if we can get anybody else's opinions, we're going to pop them up on the comments on the website itself so go ahead and check that out if uh, anybody else ends up throwing theirs that way so once we take care of some fantasy league business and some plugs we're going to leave you with the outro in the next part it's time to talk about some fantasy league stuff that we have going on right now for those who don't know we do a fantasy league for wwe between uh, ourselves here at smart out moment and the people over at keeping kayfabe basically mike payton uh, takes care of all this kind of stuff but he's not here this week so what we have for the lineup in the lead is Team Drew White, or otherwise known as the Drew Crew, with uh, 945 points at the moment. Team Mango, woo! Second place, silver medal, 805 points. I'm going to just change that on the website right now, make myself with 945. Uh, Team Burhan, third place, 685. Team Payton, 420. I'm sure he likes that. Braden Mayhew has the next slot, 245. Steven Wago is with 210. And finally, in last place, we have Miguel Leon with 180. But he should see 
a bit of an upgrade because he was just traded Randy Orton, I think, was it, right? You traded Randy Orton for yeah, him when you won Randy the uh, the shakeup? I traded Randy Orton from Drew's team for Jimmy Uso from the girls' team because I am a cunt. <laughs> so that's the lineup that we have for the standings. And, of course, the next thing that we have to talk about is the uh, the trades. And there's only one trade that we're going to be doing this week. And, Wago, what's the trade that you want to make? Well, first, I'm calling this team Rehab since it was <laughs> originally Team Stoner, but I'm trying to rehab it from the depths of what it's sunk to and reestablish it. And with the most recent events with Alberto Del Rio losing to Sin Cara, I feel it only right that I take advantage of the new and improved Sin Cara and swap him out for my Santino Morella. Sorry, I'm taking Sin Cara for Santino. There we go. Makes a lot of sense. You never know if he's going to get some kind of a push with the Unico switchover. Uh-huh. Well, the only thing, the reason I had Santino was I needed a guy and I needed to get rid of the Wyatt family since I can't fucking stand them. And they, all they've done is nothing but lose to Punk and uh, Brian. So it just seemed to make sense that with the situation going, Santino's not picking up those silly wins that he once was when he first came back. Then I should take Sinkara, who I see getting a push towards Mania. Makes a lot of sense. So that's going to be our Fantasy League talk for the night. So it's time for plugs. So, of course, I mentioned pretty much everything like that in the rest hold, the fanboysanonymous.com, the Sign Me Up initiative, monthly mailbag, awards at the end of the year, so on and so forth. And you can always find the Twitter accounts for everybody that's on the show on uh, the YouTube description here. But I'm going to pass it along to Burhan. Tell us what you got to plug www.nerdgenius.com the site's been updated now and we actually have posts not just from myself but from other I Got Gameplay hosts including Xander Scullion um, uh, Getting Your Nerd On there we go, uh, brain kind of froze there and also um, Mindless and Just Sean so they're all basically posting loads of video content on there now um, and we also get the regular posts of uh, I Got Gameplay uh, which is actually posted first on fanboysandonors.com, of course, um, and loads of other little things, including my Wrestle Ramblings. I'll be starting up for Smart Cat moments soon in terms of writing articles for them, doing Wrestle Ramblings, and even doing my regular wrestling vlog reviews. Uh, my youtube.com forward slash the nerd genius, my YouTube channel is going to be, I'm going to start doing uh, regular vlogging again and stuff like that. It's just been ages since I've done it. I had to get stuff sorted out business-wise, and I'm running around conducting interviews and doing loads of other stuff, guys. So I do apologize for that. I know uh, probably a lot of you have been waiting to actually see what's going on the channel. Um, It's still going on. You can see loads of new interviews and stuff, but I'll have a lot more gaming content and other bits and pieces, including long plays. Movie File is coming back as well. And make sure that you also check out my um, business, Enigma Entertainment. That's facebook.com forward slash Enigma Entertainment. We'll be producing shorts. uh, We're producing web series. We're doing a commercial currently at the moment. And uh, we also produce loads of other content, including this job for hire, which is always an exclusive of fanboysanonymous.com. Check me out on fanboysanonymous.com as well. Uh, for loads of other little bits and pieces that I do on there, including uh, writing various articles and producing new content for that site as well. Uh, so check that out, guys. And remember, 8 p.m. every Saturday, I got gameplay. Where you go? Uh, for me, every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can catch me over on Dream Elite Radio for Unanimous Decision MMA, where myself, Brandon Legan, uh, we now have Texas Jeff from Texas, a uh, fan, uh, 
normal caller from Mega Powers Radio joining us, and occasionally Clint Davis when he wants to stop by, and we like to talk about all the MMA goodness, and we've got a few cards um, this December, and that includes the Weidman vs. Uh, Silver 2 bout, which is definitely going to be probably one of the most anticipated fights in history, so you definitely want to come step by and check that out if you're an MMA fan. And of course, you should stay um, tuned in to Mega Powers Radio for the next Addicted to Anime. Uh, we're debating which uh, anime it's going to be next, but um, we're almost there. So that's it from me. All right, guys, that's going to do us in for episode 109. Thank you to everybody on the panel tonight, as well as all of you for your listening and supporting the show. Next week, remember, we are going to be doing the TLC predictions as well as that monthly mailbag, and we're probably going to be recording it a little bit earlier, like on uh, Wednesday night as we did this week. So get those monthly mailbag suggestions and questions in as soon as possible, and we're going to make sure that we answer them and run down everything that we get match-wise for TLC. But that does us in for episode 109. This has been another Smark Out moment, and we're being counted out. I spend all day working on my outro, and the hands on the clock keep spinning too slow. I can't wait to be done with this outro. They say Magnus is now the TNA champion. And I want to vomit in my pants or shit myself like punk. Because I can't wait to be done with this outro. Spend the nights out on the outro. I can't see why I'm doing this song. Living in your arms, never let it go. <laughs> People seem as dumb as fuck. I can't believe it. I see that everyone gets to ask him wrong weekly. Because I can't wait to be done with this fucking outro. <laughs> Good night.